Hello everyone, Luke here from Isle of a Time and this week we're joined by Dave Patton from Akasha Brewing. The Sydney-based brewery has just undertaken a rebrand so it's a really cool time to catch up with one of our favourite brewers who specialises in one of our favourite styles in the in the West Coast IPA. We uh, had a few technical difficulties at the start so when we jump in here We'll be in the start with Dave, Alice and I talking, just kind of stretching time while, while the other Dave got his technical difficulties sorted out. So apologies for a bit of a slow start. We were a little bit unprepared, but uh, once the conversation gets going, it's all great. Thanks for joining us in the comments, everyone that did in the YouTube stream. And if you're around, uh, keep an eye on our socials and we'll put a link to the next time we do one. You can join us in the comments and have a beer with us and uh, ask any questions of our guest. We'll announce that guest probably early next week as I'm recording this. Uh, thanks everyone in the meantime and we'll chat soon. I realised I brushed my teeth not too long ago, so yeah, it might not be super good. It was a while ago. I had a um, a pretty. I had a salt cod dip for as part of my lunch from a restaurant here, um, leftover from dinner last night. So I figured I should brush my teeth before yeah, carrying on my day. What was the uh, what was the dinner that involved the salt cod dip? Uh, we had it was from Harley and Rose, which is an Italian place. So we had pizza. Uh, delicious it's pickled jalapeno and scamorza which i think is smoked cheese cool and tomato um and then some gnocchi and, and lamb ragu right You're it was a party wow yeah that's fantastic um a couple of good beers actually i've had recently so i had uh i had one of the non-alcoholic ones from big big drop last night at about yeah. kind of midnight i'd had a few drinks and i was still watching something on youtube and i thought Oh, let's, let's just have a non-alcoholic one. Really enjoyed it. What was the style? Their lager, I think. And I think because I'd had a few drinks, you know, I, I wasn't tasting things super well. So mm. it was just kind of scratched the itch of having something to drink uh, while you're kind of ending out the night. And yeah, it was good. Yeah, nice. I had that scenario last night with the um, Rick Lane draft and whoosh, worked really well. Yeah, that beer's been really, really good to have in the fridge. Um, thanks to Brooklyn for sending us some of those. Uh, a few people have questioned or pointed out that it says high gravity brewed on the can. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's an interesting choice because I think it's largely meaningless to most people that are going to encounter it. So it's weird to put it more or less front and centre on the can. Yeah, and I guess for people that don't know what high gravity brewing is, it's a technique associated with, with larger breweries and kind of mass market lager where you brew something uh i guess twice the strength or, or a lot stronger than then water it back to to get the right strength um, i think a lot of breweries do that to some extent anyway you know they'll brew slightly stronger than their targets just in case they they have some variance and then they can they can water it you know add water after or, or sort of before fermentation and get it to the right gravity uh, but the fact that they've put that on the can as a, a statement is interesting. Yeah, I like just do not understand it. Yeah, but delicious beer. So it's hard to like, you know, it's hard to, I guess, question it too much when it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's got good results. Um, yeah, I've like I I told Steph that like, it took me like five cans to go. This is actually a ripper, and she thought that was like a negative thing. And I was like, I think it's actually positive. It took me a little while to get into the rhythm of it, but it's just a little tricky, nuanced, different lager that's um, really good. Mm. I also got sent some beers from our friends at Brewdog. Uh, I think over the years I've written some less than flattering things about Brewdog. Uh, and I was thinking about it, and even before I tasted the beers, that they do so many good things as, an, as a company, but they also do so many things that it's hard to support or just, I don't know, the, the kind of leaning 
threw hard into the uh, punk rock scene. Exactly. Yeah. As a multinational, at this point, just seems really hollow. Um, yeah, but I think it really speaks to the meaty part of their demo, though. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even like, you know, the, the example I think I said to you was on the prospectus for um, the, uh, they were planting the trees, sort of becoming carbon negative, which is awesome. And it seems to be like they're, they're doing all the right things to do it the right way, um, to, make, to actually make a difference to, to their environment. But they had uh, fuck CO2 on the, the front of the PDF. <laughs> Come on, like, yeah, so, so close, and then, uh. yeah. Um, but these were the first beers brewed in uh, or packaged in Brisbane, yeah, from the new Brisbane brewery. And the uh, punk IPA was delicious, that's been pretty consistently great. Um, I haven't had it for a long time, but um, it's one of those ones where it, it like, it ages pretty well you can get like a not perfectly fresh one and it still tastes pretty good you get a fresh one it's a banger that's always been a pretty great one here we go he's moved hello dave Patton. hello hello oh you're looking a lot smoother already yeah oh, that's what they say <laughs> i uh i thought the brewery internet is uh, is struggling so we got nice uh, shiny night shiny uh nbn up here in the office so Ah, there we go. Perfect. Not as nice to have, you know, I've got that stainless steel behind me, but you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the blue I mean, wall and the, and the new... Blue wall and a little bit of marketing in the background as well, yeah. so you know, maybe it's better. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about your, your brewery, 34 people, and that's kind of when you started cutting out. Yeah, so we've got a, uh, with our four square metre um, rule for patrons, we can have 34 people we can fit in here. Um, a little bit frustrating, but uh, I think as I said before, at least we can open and get a few people in here and we... Uh, we limit them to a couple of hours so we can turn them over, but we are turning quite a few people away, which is a little bit frustrating. Are people booking to, to come in? Is that how it's yeah. working? Yeah, we provide, um, most of them are bookings and then a um, few walk-ins, but um, to keep it fair, we, we allow people to book in for a couple of hours. How's that? Like, Does it feel, I guess, at least good to be back? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been back for a while now um, here in Sydney, so it's, it's, it was good. I mean, yeah, we started with 10 people. That was, that was a bit weird. Um, you know, it's a bit quiet and a bit a bit surreal. But I think even then, when we had ten people a few months back, it was um, uh, people were just excited to be out and you know having a beer in the brewery. So it was still pretty cool. But thirty four is just just enough to have a bit of a crowd, a bit of a bit of a buzz going. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Was it yeah, worth it was, opening for ten people for you guys? Yeah, it was. I mean, look, it's we don't exactly don't need many staff, right? So it was. Um, and but the, yeah, there was ten people. You had a book. It was hard to get a booking, and um, those people really went hard for the two hours that they were here. And I think you know, over over a day, over a Saturday, you'd be turning that two hours over, you know, up to sort of. Um, I think it was an hour. So I apologise. It was an hour and a half when we had ten people. Um, so I think it was around six times we turned it over. So you had sixty people during the day, in total. So it wasn't too bad at all. Are people spending a little bit more money while they're there? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's. Um, we're, we're not to, we're probably sort of 70, 80% of full open revenue. Um, so yeah, absolutely. People are they're here for a short amount of time. They're getting stuck into it. They're taking away more beer. So I think the spend per person is definitely up. No doubt about it. It's got to give uh, people here in Melbourne a bit of optimism for when we finally get back because it feels like a long time ago. Um, so can you, I guess, Akasha, uh, we spoke to um, Wes quite early on in the Akasha uh, life cycle. Has much changed over the years with, with the brewery and your approach? Because you, you've kind of always been about hoppy beers and I, I wager well, I couldn't see that's still a focus. Um, how does it feel for you? Like, how's the evolution of the brand gone? Um, it's, it's gone really well for us. I think we, we will talk about, I assume we'll talk about the rebrand a little bit more later, but um, a big part of that was um, beginning of this year, sort of taking check of where we're at. Um, and certainly compared to where we thought it was going to be five and a half years ago when we started, um, we've certainly exceeded our expectations in, in terms of where we've got to. So um, we're really, really happy. Um, from an ownership perspective, we're a pretty different organisation as well. Um, so we, um, um, we've got a bunch of new shareholders that came on well, two and a half years ago now. 
um, to uh, who uh, you mentioned Wes before. He exited the business about two and a half years ago, um, and we've now got a bunch of you know, great shareholders that are very supportive, and um, that certainly gave us a bit of a kickstart back then as well. So, but as I said, I think for, right at this point in, in time, uh, beginning of this year, we were really happy where it's gone, but um, and then really sort of sat back and said, well, is that path that we you know we just want to brew big hoppy beers? It's all you know what we love to do. There's a lot more of us now. There's you know, two of us when we started, there's 17 of us now. Is that what we all want? And um, by far away, we, we want to continue with exactly the same thing that we've always done, which is stick to the beers we love to drink, and that's that's hoppy beers. From what I've seen and tasted, it's, it's probably more of the West Coast style and the, the kind of the bitter approach. Yeah, def, definitely more a West Coast, but even West Coast has sort of blurred a little bit over the last couple of years. But um, we, we, we love it. I mean, if we were to choose... I mean, IPA is a pretty broad style or hoppy beers are pretty broad. I mean, if we were to narrow in on something, it would definitely be a West Coast IPA that we love the most. Um, but having said that, you know, we're playing around with um, playing around with a fair bit of hazy in New England as well over the last two years. Um, but, you know, if I was to stick a flag in one particular IPA style, it'd definitely be West Coast. It's what we love. Um, and really sort of even stretching the boundaries of, of what a West Coast can be. We're seeing West Coast um, be a lot less bitter than it used to be. And it's kind of, you've got the sort of hazies in the West Coast and they're starting, they're starting to come together a little bit. And uh, where we like to play at the moment is somewhere in between. So we're loving our hazies, but we also like a little bit of bitterness and, but not the sort of, you know, teeth enamel stripping uh, West Coast of five or six years ago where we were really trying to, um, to get as big as we could. Um, as as There's kind of always been a, you know, West Coast doesn't sell that well, uh, you know, to, to I guess run a brewery on, <laughs> giving your stake to your flag on that. Yeah. Does it sell well enough to run a brewery on? Absolutely. Well, we're doing all right. We're still here. So, <laughs> but, you know, as I said, if we were, that's, that's, that's not the only style. If, if it was one style, we were going to brew it to be that. But um, we play around with hazies. We've spent a lot, of, um, a lot of time, particularly over the last 12 months, focusing on um, procedures and, and um, on how to brew our hazies. So, um, again, it took us, Took us, you know, combined of all the people here, many, many years to 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 brew a half decent West Coast, and you know we're still learning even with that. But um, hazy was a whole new way of doing things, and we wanted to make sure we gave ourselves the time to learn um, how to do that properly before we released too many of them. That's you know such a new. These techniques are so new in the in the wider scheme. How do you, I guess, as a brewer, work out? how to do it right when, you know, you, you're probably trying to run a business, brew all the beers that you love, and then <laughs> now we need to work out what, what biotransformation is. Yeah. And how it, do you do that? And I think, I think we're all still learning, and it's every brewery, not just us. Um, and what's the benchmark, right? It's not, you know, West Coast has been around for a long time, and, you know, there are some benchmarks out there that we love, and we, we certainly, you know, make sure that we're as good as those if we can be. But, um, yeah, Hazy's is a bit of a moving target at the moment, and I think um, – we're lucky now that, you know, when we started, it was just me brewing the beers. I, we've got four brewers now. So it's, we're much, we've got more people to allow, you know, whilst, whilst we, we've got a full production um, thing happening, we've still got other guys that can focus on honing those styles and honing our procedures, making sure we've got, you know, the, you know, the processes and the equipment to do it. So um, I think if we have one brewer, you know, as you say, if it was, I was running the business, brewing some beers and then trying to develop another style, it might have taken a little bit longer. And uh, how are you finding, um, yeah, brewing the hazies? Are, are people enjoying them and are you happy with where they're at? They definitely sell well. There's no doubt about that. I think, <laughs> I think it's kind of in that sweet spot at the moment with um, in Australia and probably around the world where you can make a half-decent hazy and all sell well, but um, we don't want to rest on that sort of laurel. So we're, we're certainly um, continually improving, if you like, um, but they always sell well. It's tempting to, to sort of, you know what, let's bugger off core and let's just brew hazies and, and uh, and be done with it, and, and you know sell more beer. But um, yeah, we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't done that just yet. But um, they definitely when we do release a hazy, particularly a um, like a so we just did the, the double mosaic the double mosaic hazy, which was um, you know a bigger style bigger style of the hazy or double IPA style of the hazy. It just goes bananas. Pretty much sells out in, you know, within a couple of days. Um, so it's tempting to to keep following that route, but you know stick to our knitting, I guess. It's so weird to know, like, you know, as, as we said, like when you launched this business, that style, it existed, but certainly not 
as as we know it now. It's so weird to to I think that would even be a conversation. Yeah, it's a weird one. We we um so the the alchemist who who arguably you know produces one of the first hazy has been around for a long time and they're actually friends of ours as well. We're lucky enough to to go and visit them at the beginning of this year before it all went to shit, which was which was lucky. Um, you know, and if you look at their beers um, in a glass, you might if, if I if I poured if I produced one of those beers into the market here, people would say, "Oh, it's not hazy enough. It's not this. It's not that." It's like, well, it's kind of the original, man, and it's really fucking good. So, um, I think it's. I hope we're not going down the path of where West Coast went, as I said, you know, a few years back, where it was just getting completely off the chart bitter. Um, let's just hope the hazy doesn't go too far down that other way as well. So I think it was the time, like I think West Coast, like the airline of the time, where like there was an obsession with measurement units. So like IBUs, IBUs yeah. was like a huge thing, and it was talked about, and it was advertised as what the IBUs were, and it was a yeah a bit of a competition. But um, yeah, it was probably to the detriment of the style, I reckon. And it was too. I remember it was a McKellar that came out with the thousand IBU. Yeah, uh, must have been about 10, 12 years ago. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and everyone was going nuts over it, and it was shit, right? It was, yeah. it was, it was, a, it was cool to have it, but it wasn't a very, you know, um, it wasn't a, a Moorish kind of beer to drink, right? It was, I that was one of the beers that they okay, they got at uh bureau back in the day. It was at a uh, uh, infamous Melbourne bar that uh did not last, um, <laughs> and they had that on a Wednesday night, which was a five dollar pint night, and me as a uh. <laughs> As a very green beer enthusiast, I was like, definitely. As an IBU, that was a tough pint. Yeah, I did get yeah, myself that every sip was magic. But they, they reckon you, because they, they often hear that you can't taste over 100 IBUs, and that's complete bullshit when you have that beer because you can taste more yeah, than 100 yeah. IBUs. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time sort of looking at that. That you can't taste more than 100 IBUs, and IBUs are a measurement of beer, not taste buds. Like your taste bud, like. You know, if you bite a yeah. hop, you're going to taste a lot more bitterness if you bite a hop palate than, you know, if you drink 100 IBU beer. Like, it's always kind of confused me why, where that came from. And I think that is, my understanding is beer, it won't soak up the, the hop oils past a certain point. Is that your understanding? Um, there is, I mean, there's an argument with that for all sorts of things. And we, we, we talk about uh, in the brewery that sort of diminishing returns of hops in general, whether it be flavour, whether it be bitterness, whether uh, I think certainly on the flavour spectrum, we talk about it without dry hopping is, um, you know, we, again, we're getting some, some, uh, some hazy brewers around the world that are saying, oh, you know, we've got sort of 40 grams per litre dry hop. And it's just like, well, you know, there's some pretty hard scientific evidence that says, you know, once you start getting up around 10, um, grams per litre on a dry hop, you really get drops off rather in terms of what you actually, as you say, sort of soak up that, um, that oil or, that, or those, um, or that hot flavour. So um, bitterness, um, I think you can measure it. It's just, I think it is, um, you can go, I, I think you can put 200 or 300 or 1,000 IBUs in a beer, but it's whether or not your taste buds can actually um, taste much more over 100. And I think, I think again, it's more of a diminishing return. When you get to 1,000, there's certainly something else in there. More than a hundred of you, Yeah, I'm not gonna. I can't imagine Dave. You were drinking your thousand IBU pint and going, only tastes like eight hundred to me. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to pick up something you mentioned about the the heady topper and the original hazies because that's that's really something I'm I'm kind of fascinated by. There's people I, I see the argument a lot of times that New England IPA and hazy are different. Um, Hazy should be better in New England, not better. And mm. and when you look at the 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 I guess the heady, the alchemist heady topper and those ones, you know, there's still an element of bitterness. Yeah. And and they're not super hazy. I guess what what's your take on the naming of them? Is there any difference, or, or like does it matter? Or oh, look, for us it was more of a marketing thing. I, I think um, we we've never sort of. You know, not whether we're right or wrong sort of remains to be seen, but um, we started calling them New England. When we, we first released our, our first Hazy or New England uh, for Gabs, I'm going to say three years ago, uh, or would have been three years ago, um, with our Lupulin Fog, which was um, we went yeah, pretty hard early on with a double Hazy. Um, and we called that a New England IPA because that's just what we knew it. And, and then as we sort of, Brewed a few more over the next the next couple of years. We kind of just went to towards hazy just to make it clear as to what it was. 
um, not because we had any distinction between the two. Um, I don't think many people will call probably call Hetty a hazy. They definitely call it a New England. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how, how long. Yeah, for us, there's no difference. It's really just what we want to put on the can. It's yeah, it's bizarre how it's just kind of become jumbled up so quickly. Mm. Well, in, in the states, most of it, most people just call them IPAs now. They don't even bother with either of them. I don't think there's much of a like, outside of the US. I think New England IPA is used more, um, but I think in the states we're starting to see you know. Um, yeah, someone like um, um, oh, mental block. Anyway, easy brewer. Um, are just calling them IPAs, mm. and depending on what brew it is, you can almost be guaranteed that it's going to be a hazy in New England or a or a West Coast. But um, yeah, they're just starting to drop it off all, all, all together. When it comes to, I guess, getting that across to consumers, what what yeah, how do you do that? I guess if you if say if you were to just put out an IPA and it was hazy. Mm. As a brewery, how would you communicate what they're getting if it's you know a, a really bitter one or a, a you know twenty IBU one? It's a problem, I think. I think for us, we we certainly um, take a little bit of time with our descriptions to ensure that there's some level of um, words around whether it's hazy or west coast or clear or bitter or not. Um, so if we didn't have it on the front of the can, which at this stage we do, we would put hazy or something on it, but we would describe it. I think, particularly for us as a brewery, we've kind of got two different two different customers in it. And whilst we like to play in the pointy, and sometimes um, with some of our bigger beers like the Eagle, which, you know, which is a, a quad IPA at twelve percent, um, these, these are beers that are probably more focused on the pointy end of the market. But at the end of the day, a lot of our customers are um, are just more mainstream um, beer drinkers, and. So we need to be careful that we don't sort of, you know, we don't fuck them around too much. They're usually a lot of these guys are on a bit of a journey. They're trying to figure out what all this means. What is a hazy? What is a New England? Just like, if we can't figure it out, God knows they can't, right? So we got, we got to be careful that we, we give them the experience that they're expecting when they pick up one of our beers. That's the, yeah, the ridiculous thing trying to explain to people. <laughs> like you see, you know, milkshake, sour, hazy IPA, and people you know, people new into the industry, what is that? You're like, wow, where, like, where do you even start trying yeah. to explain it to anyone? <laughs> I, just I, saw a, I, I saw a couple in um, Carwin Cellars a couple of nights ago uh, having a little browse and they've now got a little um, section of their fridges that's labelled and dedicated to pastry stouts. And they <laughs> were looking and going, I don't know, what is going on here? Like, what does that mean? Uh, it was quite a fun eavesdrop. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. I, I did a, a tasting the other day for a, a group of people that I didn't know. It was a birthday tasting. And they're all scattered around Australia and New Zealand. And, and I just said, just get whatever you have within these styles. Let me know, you know if you get stuck and I'm happy to help out. Um, and we'll work it out from there. Which was pro- probably not an easy way to do it, to you know, tell people. <laughs> but yes, people are coming back with pastry stouts. And like, we don't really know what this is, but it looked fun. Uh, and it's like, oh, actually, yeah, let's talk about a pastry stout because <laughs> it's a dumb thing to talk about. <laughs> it's a really interesting term for somebody who's new on the journey, isn't it? What yeah. the hell is that? Let alone like, in New England. You don't even, like, you don't even, I don't think, you, you can't start with the original story of the beer. You just have to go, all right, <laughs> people are getting dark beer and putting stuff in it. <laughs> um, speaking of dark beers, are you... Just trying to think. I know you've done stouts in the past. Have you? Yeah, yeah. We we do um we do an annual annual stout. Um, so we do an American stout every year. So again, it's kind of we like to do different styles and then sort of move it towards um what would normally be in our camp. So usually um, we do an American stout, which is more of a hoppy hoppier style. Um, we do a, a dark brown ale as well. So water buffalo brown ale, which is um usually available year round on the, on the, on the tap room and then gets released every, every now and then always available on tap. So around the place, particularly in Sydney though. Um, so yeah, we do, we do dabble in the darker styles. How we do, a, we've done quite a lot of reds as well. We do a lot of red ales. Um, how does a brown ale go on tap in Sydney? Really well. Yeah. It's um, again, it's, it's a very hoppy brown ale. Um, so it's not a sweeter style. It's quite dry, uh, quite dry and quite, um, quite bitter as well. So, um, it goes really well. I think the brown ale scares people. I think the name is sometimes we've got to be careful with it, but it is a it is a traditional American brown ale, so it is what it is, um, and people yeah people love it. 
we've got a particularly here on the tap room if we had there's nothing worse than somebody buying a um a tasting paddle and then they all look exactly the same so <laughs> it's almost we've always got to try and have at least you know a dark and a red or something on to to make sure we to we um, mix it up a little bit at least on the color spectrum the even the name i think brown ale if, if brown ale had a better name it would just i think it's not very fair it's <laughs> The, and, and it's and it's a confusing style as well. I think um, there's not a lot of them around, so not so much confusing in that, that we, you know it's we're using the wrong name or it's deceiving. It's just that people have, haven't seen one before, um, and so um, trying to explain them what it is, it's kind of you know it uses a lot of the same sort of malts that we're using in our porters and stouts, but just sort of backed off a little bit. So it's just you know it's quite a dark brown, so it's 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 heading towards that sort of porter category, but. Um, yeah, trying to explain what a brown ale is to people can be a bit of a challenge as well. You should make it sour and milkshake and then... <laughs> <laughs> Just to really stuff them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now, I'm really enjoying the Eagle probably too much, uh, quadruple IPA. How do you brew a 12% IPA? What's the approach for that? Yeah, with difficulty. It's, uh, <laughs> it's another Gabs beer, actually, we did two years ago. Yeah. Um, and... Was it called the Eagle? Yep. Yep. And, and we we approach gabs a little bit differently to, to most we will we'll brew something that we certainly haven't done before so in, in this case a quarter ipa but something we've really wanted to do for a while but didn't have the balls to do it you know what i mean so it's kind of how do we and we we certainly really focus on drinkability on every single one of our beers so if it's a 12 percent quarter ipa how do we make this drinkable we call it a two schooner test um, not that you probably want two skinners, <laughs> which, which is more than a bottle of wine worth in, of alcohol, yeah. but um, how do we increase the drinkability of a beer like that? So um, having a dry beer is a, is a big part of what we do. Um, sweetness um, doesn't aid in drinkability in most cases. Um, so nice and dry. So finishing gravity needs to be low on this beer, which is really, really hard, right? Um, because there's so much sugar in this beer when we start fermentation. Um, and we're really hitting the, um, the limits of our house yeast in where, in how far it can go. If we go much over 12%, um, it'll eventually actually poison the yeast that we use. So um, it's, it's tough. So we use a lot of yeast. Um, we use a lot of oxygen. Um, I don't know how technical your audience is, but- oh, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we spend we spend a lot of our quality life in the brewery trying to keep oxygen out of our beer, and that's on the sort of the, the second half of, of beer production. Um, but what yeast loves to do, or what yeast loves to when it's kicking off its job of eating sugars and creating alcohol, um, is it wants lots of oxygen, which obviously gets consumed in the process. Um, so the key is lots of yeast um, without going too overboard and giving it plenty of food or, or plenty of um, the right environment to really, really get a strong fermentation going. That strong fermentation has to, has to go all the way through to, um, to quite a dry beer. So um, if, if you didn't give it enough of a, uh, I guess, a kickstart at the start, um, and it doesn't quite make it, it's going to be pretty tough to get it moving again because there's just so much alcohol hanging around in the beer. So um, fermentation is key. Um, also, in terms of the work production process, creating a very fermentable wort. Um, so when we when we create the wort, which is the beer before we add the yeast, um, we can control how much of that sugar will be consumed by the yeast and how much will be left over to give us to leave us with the body and sweetness and all that kind of stuff. So um, quite a lot to think about. Um, but traditionally, IPAs of that sort of alcohol um, can be quite sweet and sickly, and that's not what we wanted. So. We worked hard to, to create something quite fermentable and then a very, very nice environment for the yeast. They're, they're the big, big ticket items for us. Give us an overview, Luke, of what you're, uh, what you're tasting. Um, it's, yeah, it's very dry. It's not sweet. And, and I think listeners would know that I think both of us don't love beer once it gets over 8%. You know, particularly IPAs can just become a, a hot, sweet mess rather than a, a good experience. Um, and it's certainly, one now. Yeah, it's certainly the, the alcohol warmth. I wouldn't call it hot at all. Um, mm. You know, you know, you're drinking something boozy, and, and, and there's a sticky sort of resin. And, and but I've drunk probably far more of it 
Like, I've just topped up my glass a little bit, but I'm wary of like, I've probably got that much left in the can. So I'm wary of, as you said, it's, you know, two of these would be more than a bottle of wine kind of a thing. Uh, <laughs> and what is it? Three, three thirty. So, <laughs> which, you know, it, it's a sign that I'm really enjoying it for sure. <laughs> It's it's funny like you you said before how are we going how can yeah how how popular are the West Coast when we're when we're selling one this this beer has been I I I hope it's not because it's got high alcohol I hope that's not why um, it is a very very well made beer but um, this thing is just flown a little I think we released it on Thursday we're just about sold out so um, it's selling pretty well um, let's talk about the rebrand because that's been a kind of a huge I imagine a huge project for you for a long time now. Uh, yeah. the, the old branding, uh, I, I guess I, I would say I was never a huge fan. It looked like it kind of, it always looked temporary. Yep. And it looked like, okay, they're going to change once they kind of launch proper. It, it never. It, never it, it always is. It's like all the, all, the, all the sticky tape that holds a brewery together. It's like, oh, look, we'll just fix this. And then, uh, you know, next week when it quietened down a bit, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it up properly. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And I've, I've seen people um, say they, they really like the old one because of the colour. <clears throat> the colourful cans. Um, but I, I think the market certainly now, you know, having a consistent looking clear branding on the shelf is, is pretty key. Yeah. How did you approach it? Um, we've been thinking about it for a while and I, I think you'd literally hit the nail on the head. It's sort of something we, we, we knew we had to do at some stage. Um, what I also said before is that we've had a pretty good run for the first five years. So it was never... It wasn't something, you know, we're sitting here at capacity at the beginning of this year. It's not like we're saying, shit, what are we going to do to sell more beer? It's more about, um, we, we and I think I mentioned, we kind of sat down, what, what, nine months ago and said, what, you know, where are we going? What do we want to do? What do, we need to, what do we need to support us? And definitely the rebrand was one of the big things for us. We spent the previous 12 months working on our capacity in terms of, um, how much we can brew. We've got a nice new um, 10 head filler canning line. We've got all the things to set us up for the next few years, but we didn't feel that we had a brand that could support us through that. Um, and a brand that didn't really, didn't really say much, didn't really, um, I mean, we're pretty simple guys. We like to brew hobby beer. I mean, it's essentially what it is. And that's why there's a hop smack bang in the middle of that logo. But why, you know, what, what if we need something that's going to support us through that. Um, as we moved to a national brand, we needed also something that kind of could stand on a shelf on its own without us having to hand sell it. Um, and, our, and our old brands didn't do, didn't do that at all. Um, when we get our beer into the into the people's hands, they love it. But how do we get someone to just take it off the shelf and and give it a go and then go, oh, this is pretty good, and then I'll continue down the road. So um, we knew we had to do it. Um, we recognised it as a big project. You've got two choices of a rebrand. You can kind of just go, oh, look, here's some nice can designs and we'll slowly sort of roll it out to everything else. Um, or you can be a little bit silly or stupid or depending on what you look at it and go, you know what, we're going to do the hop. We're going to have a launch date um, and we're going to do everything on that day. Everything from our website to our cans to our marketing materials, the posters behind us, the um, point of sale that's out, you know, all around Australia that, there's so many things to think about, business cards, everything, um, and literally switch the button at 7 p.m. on the Thursday night. And, Why 7 p.m. Uh, on a Thursday? So have a launch here. Why that time? Um, we we kind of we whilst I say it was stupid, we kind of really got into it, and um, it, it got quite exciting. So we actually got uh, a lot of uh, we did it over two days because we could only have 34 people in the brewery. We wanted to get our customers down, um, our wholesale customers, our end customers, um, key people that have been involved with us to come and, and come along on the journey. So um, one of those big big nights was at 7 p.m. And um, yeah, we wanted to hit the button. So we delivered beer to um, to everywhere around Australia um, the week before with big notes on it. Do not post pictures. Do not do anything. Um, you can sell from 7 p.m. on Thursday night. It was, it was really cool. I like that. It's very like, it's the opposite of the like sticky tape uh, approach of everything yeah. else. It's opposite to everything out. we've done for the whole time we've been yeah. here. <laughs> it kind of makes it a more special event though. It's good. I like it. Yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of cool. And um, we sent out invitations to, to all these people that said, um, you know, we've got something cool happening. We can't tell you what it is. Just turn up at 
you know, 7 p.m. on Thursday or somewhere on Wednesday as well. But um, and they all turned up. It was cool. They were excited. So and we did, up, and we did. We completely re- renovated our tap room as well. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so how do you start that process? Did you engage a, a third party, or what did that look like? Yeah, we did. And look, we've um, even with our old designs, we still love them. They were still us. Um, change is hard. You fall in love with things. Um, and we had a we had a wonderful designer, um, Des, on board with us for. Um, in fact, he was with me in my last career at Riverside as well. So I've been working with Des for, for close to 10 years and um, did a great job. But I think as we grew, as um, we needed, um, brand is more than just the designs. It's more than just what you see on the can. It's more than what you see on my business card. It's, 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 it's more about translating who we are and why we do what we do into, into, um, into that look and feel and getting that message across. Um, so, yeah, we needed people that are a lot more intelligent. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. A lot better at that sort of stuff than us. Um, so um, we went through quite a process of, of finding that. And it ended up being a couple of guys, um, a um, brand strategist and copywriter, uh, Brennan, and um, our designer, Vincent, uh, who are a team and work together. Um, and we knew pretty we, – we, we met with quite a few different people and companies and things like that, but – um, I think like anything, you know pretty quickly that these were the right guys, um, mainly because they, they got what was up here. They, could, they knew why we did what we did pretty quickly, but still spent a good amount of time. Spending some time was pretty scary up in my head. But um, talking to all of us, um, every single one of our people, to, to, to just to figure out why we do what we do and, and to try to translate that into our brand. So, yeah, definitely third party. <laughs> Uh, Alex in the comments has said it stands out really well in the fridge front and centre at McCoppins Abbotsford. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you. It's um, it's it's kind of a um, – this was a long process. And um, first of all was to come up with the brand and, and what our message was and then to have designs that spoke that message. And um, whilst we could we could have gone – there's different ways you can go. There's quite a simple, colourful option that we've gone. There's, there's illustrative. There's quite all sorts of different ways you can go. But – for us as a national brand, um, we're in, you know, obviously all the independents, but also we have quite a strong relationship with Woolworths as well, um, which is going well for us. So we needed to stick out in the fridge. There's a lot of beers out there. And whether it was one beer on its own or, or a block of our beers in the fridge, we wanted to just to, um, to catch someone's eye. And there's a lot of science behind that. Mm. I think brand recognition is, is huge as well. Yep. Um, Entering that that space of people knowing, oh, that's an Akasha beer. I can. I'm, I'm assuming that's why the triangle. You know, we can see it over the shoulder, and it's up there yep. on the screen for the people watching at home. Um, you know, now I can't see anything else on that can. Uh, if if before this launch, you know, I wouldn't have had any idea what that beer was, but now I immediately see that triangle front and center, and go, oh, that's a that's an Akasha beer. One hundred percent, and it's. And it's about what, not only, okay, I've recognised that's an Akasha beer, but then beyond that, um, we have a strong, our brand is incredibly strong. It was before this in terms of we brew hoppy beer, um, unashamedly. That's what we do. Um, you know, it's what we do and we focus on and we do it well. Um, so when they see that triangle and they see that beer, they kind of know already what that experience is going to be like. Um, which was really important as well. It's really tempting, and I, I think I mentioned before, to, to head off on tangents depending on what's going on in the market. You know, do we just focus on hazies today, lagers next year, whatever it may be, hey, you know, sours, blah, blah, blah. But I think it can dilute your brand a little bit. And, and it's, yes, we, we, we wanted to do those things, um, but we also wanted to be unashamedly hobby beer brewers, and that's what people expect. Um, we actually came, so we have a sub-brand as well, which I don't know if you've seen yet, which is a car, well, you've got on the Eagle, which is a Kasha project, which is allows us to, to go off on tangents in terms of the beers that we're brewing. Yeah, that's a hoppy style, but we could go, yeah, uh, we've got, yeah, we'll have some sours coming out. We'll have some other things that will be coming out that aren't necessarily right in our wheelhouse um, without taking away from our, our core range. So um, it also gave our designers you know, yep, these cans look beautiful and, they, and they're simple and, and they look great in the fridge, but um, we'd also like to do some nice funky designs as well. So um, that label allows us to have 
a common element. So there's a white cam with a Picasso project around the lip. Um, and um, and then we can you know, have as much fun as we want with the, um, with the label while still holding onto our brand. Are you committing to a frequency of those project beers or just when you have the um, capacity and time to? Every two weeks. Right, okay. Yeah. And they're all packaged? Yep. Fine. Yep. So um, as, as I mentioned before, we went on the rebrand. We spent a lot of time and, and money and, and investment into the brewery here, which included a, a, quite a large canning line. So um, we can we can pump out 50 cases of something if we wanted to. Um, might be a bit silly, but it's 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 sitting there. We lick and we can literally just swap over from a can from the can uh, sorry the keg line to the to the canning line and pump out as many cases as we like at any time. So um, we'll. It's, they're mainly they're mainly can releases, so we're doing a lot more than that. But um, just gives us a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, once every two weeks sounds like a lot, but you know we're brewing a hell of a lot of cool beer in that time as well. So, as sort of the I guess the the founder and and uh, to to us probably the the person behind the brand, how much research did you do personally for knowing? The beers that you you want to do, and also the, the style of the brand, and you know, how how do you stay engaged with the rest of the market? It's um, one of the things we didn't want to do, which is tempting, is just do we we do it with our beer styles. We do what we want to do, and 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 you know we always say that we we just want to brew the beers we love, and 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 hope that the world loves them. But we want to show the world how good a hoppy beer can be. That's what we've got in some of our, and you know, we've got a whole lot of these mantras that we talk about, and one of them is is exactly that. Um, I did, we didn't, one of the mistakes I think I've made and certainly some of us have made in the past is to, is to lead our designers down a path too much. So um, we certainly gave them free reign to a, to a point to come up with something. Um, but we also, early in this project, towards the beginning of this year, we did a, um, a market research piece with another third party um, and they spent time with three different audiences, um, our staff, so they, they interviewed each one of our staff, they, um, our end customer and our wholesale customers, just to get a feel for what we do well, what we don't do so well. Um, and that was a huge part of the whole process. Um, and the staff was interesting. It was anonymous. Um, and the bit that I really care about is that every single one of them said they absolutely love the brewery, they love the brand, they love us, and they, they love coming to work every day, and that's amazing. That's the most important part, but pretty much also every one of them said, but our branding's a bit shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and what they were saying was, you know, it's okay, yeah, people know we brew hoppy beer, but, um, you know, all, it's all a bit disjointed, it doesn't quite come together, and our cans are starting to go off on different tangents, and, um, and I think we got that message from a lot of people. Um, we knew that, but we just wanted to make sure we weren't doing something stupid. So <laughs> it's that, like, oh, shit, your designs were really good. And which people say, people don't like change. And I'm not going to tell you that this has been, uh, you know, every, every single person has loved it. There's been plenty of people that haven't. Um, that's going to happen with anything. But um, people don't like change as well. So we're going to, including us. Was that uh, hard to, I guess, read all the negative stuff? You know, you've spent X amount of years building a brand and then people are like, Look like shit. <laughs> it, it, look, I, I could lie to you and say I don't. You know, it's like saying I, just tell, I could tell you I don't read Untapped, but that's bullshit. I still read it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it matters. I mean, this is uh, for all seventeen of us. This is our life, right? We spend a lot of a lot of our lives brewing this, and we put our heart into it. And yeah, of course it does. Um, it's not going to improve and develop if you don't take on that. Um, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you spend nine months on this project and you go, you know, what do you reckon? And they go, oh, that's shit. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but it's going to happen. But it has been an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, we involved some of our customers in that process, development process as well. So, um, yeah, look, it hurts. <laughs> I, th I think it's it's tough because people, you know, there there are different approaches, as you said, to to rebranding. Um, you know, Gary's project is probably a good example of their brand is esoteric and they can, you know, they can do whatever they want with their branding. Yeah. But that's them. That works for them. For, for a brand like yours, you know, 
that might not work for, for every brand. It doesn't work mm. for every brand. Not every every brand can, can do that, you know. And I think, yeah, it makes sense. Like, your, your branding makes sense now that it's in the trade and, and you see it. And I don't think sort of people realise that when they look at it, they go, oh, that's not a, that's not a you know, it's not a fun illustrated picture mm. or a shiny, tall can. Um, but, like, that doesn't work. For what you're trying to do i don't think no no it doesn't and 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 we love those sort of cans as well as anyone and that, and that's why we're lucky to have our little sub brand projects that we're gonna we're gonna do some pretty cool stuff even that eagle in your hands is it looks like a black label on the screen but actually if you look closely at it um it's got the actual illustrative um eagle feathers as part of it so what what we we try and do we've got some some other um beers coming out soon that some of those i want we wanted those sort of labels to be something that would, when you look at it, actually, oh, I just got something else out of it, or oh, wow, you can see this, and and it can be a little bit of fun, and, and there's certainly a place for that, but for the majority of it, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the type of can that was for us, um, but um, you know, for some breweries it works, some it doesn't, but I think, and, and yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the negative press um, that we did get, whilst there wasn't much, you know, I did read every single one of them. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, they're so boring. It's just like, yeah, yeah okay. I get that, um, but also I think what what you what and this is something that I guess something that I get fall in the trap of is that um, you know if I'm looking at the the um, the Facebook groups, uh, you know, the the usual suspects on on Facebook is that we're actually really I'm only listening to that that top you know two percent of people that that point I would call it the pointy and beginners whatever you want to call them that we we are ourselves. Um, we've got to be careful not to. To just listen to those guys as well because out in the trade they're absolutely loving it um and in fact we had uh, we had a customer say that yeah we had a couple of people like real hardcore guys that was oh they shouldn't have changed it but then we had some um some people that some new beer drinkers that didn't really know you as a brand and they actually commented on how cool they were so you got to take some of it with a grain of salt um and totally. especially with the pointy end why we're doing it the pointy and beer nerd Facebook groups. How many times does someone take you a post and go, "This is actually groundbreaking. This is amazing." Yeah, it's the opposite. So um, it's going to happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and, yeah, I think, and I mean, Exit um, have done a, a rebrand as well. And yeah, I just saw it. Yeah, so it was good. I, I think theirs looks really cool as well. And I'm seeing similar comments around theirs. Uh, you know, oh, it's a bit boring and it's a bit plain and, and that. And it's, you know, it's. It's crazy to me because it's clear that both of you businesses have researched and, and done, you know, it's, it's a clear decision to make it look like that for a mm. reason. Well, yeah. um, and, and, you know, probably in six months' time, all those people will forget and it'll just be, oh, that's Akasha. Like, I, 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 think, think, I think you hit the nail on the head, Luke, is that they will see it. They will know our beer from a mile away. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> at the end of the day it's the beer inside that is the whole reason we're here and why we're doing it but they can they, they already even a week in they can already recognize our beer on the shelf i went in to pick up these beers for this particular show but i ran in having seen the rebrand already and i went bang bang there they are the ones that i can see and then i said do you have any more akasha beers or just these two and they went just those two and i was like well I've picked them out from a mile away straight away um, and I found all of them. So uh, it's one of those weird things where you have to hit a level of uh, recognizability. But when you talk about those tall, pretty cans that are pretty popular in like the Scandinavian breweries, mm -hmm. if they get grouped together, that becomes like white noise almost visually. Yeah. So you got to sort of hit that little weird medium between recognizability and not uh, just becoming lost in the crowd. Yeah, 100%. No, nail on the head. Music's in my ears. <laughs> what did you, um, I, did you pour yourself a new beer while we were chatting that day? I did. I've just poured myself uh, the Hopsmith and it's actually tasting like a banger. Mm. Almost exactly what I'm looking for in, um, in a line and length. We were, um, the, thank you. The, the Hopsmith for us has been, um, it's our bi biggest seller, you know, um, which are almost 7%. IPA is, is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, most, most breweries would have their pale ale. And, and our pale ale used to be, our fresh water used to be our biggest seller. But um, I think we've, well, I know that we've seen a resurgence, particularly in the last six to 12 months of the Hopsmith as people are just, and, and the comments we get are, 
oh, I just want a good West Coast IPA. Exactly. And they're becoming like increasingly hard to find. Yeah. Um, some people are doing like um, seasonals or like one-off specials of those kinds of beers, which is great. But like to find a consistently good, um, yeah, that's six and a half, seven percent West Coast style IPA. It's like, it's all I want, essentially. <laughs> yeah. it, it's crazy. And you, you just, I think a few breweries seem to be putting some out and, and testing the waters again with it. Um, I, and I'd love to know how much Mr. Banks sell of theirs because theirs is great. But he has, you know, that, that's his branding. Um, it's a clear, you know what it is, it's Mr. Banks can. The, all the hype around him, um, and it's justified because we, you know, his beers are great, but great, it's yeah. about the colourful, bright, you know, crazy art cans. Um, but his, you know, if I'm thinking of a Mr. Banks beer I want to drink, it's the West Coast. 100%. Um, I've got a question from the comments from Sam. So last week or, or fortnight ago, we had um, Sam Fuss from Filter. So she was telling us a little bit about the area in Marrickville. What's the area you're in? I don't really know where Five Dock is. Can you? Yeah, good question. We're, we're not far from, from Marrickville. We're probably about 5Ks further west. Um, so you've got that sort of pocket of inner west. And we're, we're technically still the inner west, but on the outer skirts of, we call it the, 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 uh, the uh, what we, sort of the midwest. Um, and then, you, yeah, then you've got the outer west uh, where I live and, and, and sort of, I don't know if you know Parramatta. And, and then you've got, that goes all the way out towards the Blue Mountains. Um, so... We're actually only about another five k's yeah, the same direction from the city as as Marrickville, um, but far enough away that we've got our own area here. So um, it's kind of we were always going to be a a production brewery, a wholesale brewery, um, but have a small tasting room for um, you know we've got our own um, pilot kit as well. So we we do quite quite a few one offs and tests and things like that. On you know if we've got something. Weird and wonderful coming up. We might do a couple of pilot brews, put on the tap room, get some feedback. It's a really important part of it. Um, but what we discovered very, very quickly was that we got a we got a big following from our locals here very, very quickly five years ago, and and became a really important part of our business. And you can, whilst our business operates as one, it's kind of got two distinct components to it. You've got a nationally distributed brand, and and then this this really cool local following as well. From from you know, there's not much else around here. It's kind of that just far enough out of the city where there's a couple of shit pubs, um, you know, there's the, the sports club, there's a whatever else, um, which, which also our beer, but um, there's not, there wasn't that much, um, that sort of, um, sort of community hub, if you like, that the people were really, we, we realized people have been waiting for. Um, so it's, it's been really cool. So we don't have any, any other breweries around here. Um, probably the closest would be White Bay, which is kind of a little bit north. From here, which is just open, good mates of ours. Um, next up would be um, sort of directly towards the city would be Wayward. Uh, again, about a 5K um, jaunt up the road. So we really do have our own audience. And that audience itself is mainly locals, but we get we get quite a lot of people around Sydney coming down who just, you know, obviously want IPAs or, or whatever we have to offer at the time. So, um, yeah, it's been been really, really cool part of it, to be honest. Does your um, local community um, have a different... Uh, sort of drinking demographic than your wholesale business. Yes, and it has it. It's, it's it's different to the to the inner west as well. Um, our our demographic is families, kids, dogs, you know, bicycles, more more like traditional sort of families, if you like. Whereas the inner west is is a bit more a bit more edgy and a bit more trendy, a bit more whatever. But um, we we sort of have this. More of a like Sundays is huge here. You get family, you get multiple families coming down, meeting up, you know, having a couple of beers. We've got food trucks, all that kind of stuff. Um, so from the people, it is um, in terms of the beers that they drink, um, definitely different. Um, we we've always got to make sure it's, it's a it's a more of a uh, they're starting on their craft beer journey. Definitely in this area, it's not a craft beer centric place. Um, there are some good places to go and have a beer around here, but it's not much, there's not much craft, if you like. So, um, you know, the bolo, you know, kids go down and run across the green on a Sunday, but the beer offering is not great. Or, um, so the, we've always got a lager on tap. Um, the Canada Bay XBA, um, Canada Bay is our local council area. That's where the name comes from. And that's been an important part of, um, an important offering for our locals here. Um, we had a Canada Bay Ale, which was before the rebrand, 
Uh, we actually reformulated it to be more of an XBA style, which we can get in arguments about what that means if you like. But uh, it's uh, it's more of that lighter, um, low bitterness, relatively tasty um, pale ale. So that's been an important part of our, our, our relaunch is having that beer here for the locals. Um, whereas our wholesale audience is more up that IPA, double IPA route. Are you still making trade wins? That's the lager we have here. We only have it keg only. Yeah, could not sell it in cans. Crazy. <laughs> and it, 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 was, it was just a bit too pricey. I think people were after a low-cost option in lagers and cans. And, um, yeah, it's a great beer. A good beer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I we love it as well. But, um, yeah, it sits on tap here full-time and, and some of our customers uh, have it on tap as well. I think I was saying to you, Dave, that last time or one time I was at Carwin, because it used to always be on tap at Carwin as the lager option. And I'd get there and look at this tap list and, and you know, we Carl and Tellers is amazing and the, the tap lists are always phenomenal. Yeah. But, you know, you've had a couple of drinks and you go, uh, I don't, I don't want to unpack 19 different taps and work out, you know, what, I'm, what each one is. I'm going for that lager. That was the trade-in lager was just, every time I'd have it, like, oh, this is, this is great. I'm so mm. glad I've made this decision to just get a pint of this. I remember <laughs> when we um, chatted to Wes years ago now, we were at um, Alehouse Project and there was a tap takeover and he was pushing Corbin D and was it something like Wooden Leg? Or something? Yeah, Wooden Leg's our annual triple IPA release. Yeah, so he was pushing that on us and it was all great. And then like at the end of the day, we had we both had a trade win. It was like, this is exactly what I need right now. This is the <laughs> yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tasty beer, right? It's, um, that was a, a, a bit of a, a funny project. I remember, I remember years ago, I was quoted in the press saying, you know, no, fuck lagers, man. I'm never going to brew a lager in my life. And um, Ben Galanos, who, who, who's worked for me for a number of years, both breweries and, and is now working at Four Pines. But um, yeah, he's, he's at me every week. We've got to brew a fucking lager. We've got to brew a lager. I said, well, if I'm going to brew a lager, I'm going to brew a lager like I brew, like I brew a beer. So, um, you know, heavily dry hopped. But still light and tasty as well. Like it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a bit of a passion project. It was, took me a while to, to to come up with it, but um, um, that was when I used to brew. I don't brew much these days. <laughs> I got I, I got um, brewers brewing much better beer than I can now. So <laughs> I was just thinking that that tasting that I mentioned, I did. I started it with the, the stouts just to kind of flip it on their head. I get bored of doing tastings the normal way, <laughs> and so we did stout sour IPA lager. And everyone, a lot of people were kind of, I think coming into it going, oh, I don't really want to buy a lager. You know, I'm, I like craft beer. I want to get an IPA. And finishing on the lager made them all go, huh, this is actually, you know, it's, it's going to refresh my palate. Uh, I'm going to pick up a few more different notes than I normally would because I've just rocked my palate, you know, from stout to sour to IPA. And now I've got this, huh, there's actually something fun here. And I, I think that people forget that with, with lager. Um, yeah, when, when we do, um, we do a lot of uh, bottle shop tastings. I think they're, they're a real uh, effective sort of marketing thing for us. Um, and invariably, lager almost always is the one beer that um, someone walks away from a tasting, they'll buy. Um, if they walk up to the fridge, they'll probably buy a Hopsmith or maybe a Freshwater Pale Ale. If they at a tasting, they'll buy the, the, the trade win because they have this preconceived idea that they're not And they all say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to like that. And I say, please, try it. And then they take a four-pack home. It's, um, it's, it's a really tough beer to market effectively. Yeah, that's, we've talked about it on the show before. And I, I yeah. I, 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 Staggering how many people are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I do it as well. I, I guess... These days, I'm, I'm more inclined to buy a lager, but a year ago or two years ago, I probably would have not even looked at the, the lager fridge. Yeah. Um, if I'm buying takeaways so for home, at a, at a bar, I think it's different, but um, yeah. I buy like at least one lager whenever I buy beers. I, lo- I love the lager fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's become the most popular style in the world for like, 50 years. <laughs> Yeah. For a reason. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny, you know, when, when the, it's funny watching brewers, particularly um, depending on what time of year it is, but in summer, yeah, you'll, you'll see most of the brewers head to either, if it depends if we've got a kettle sour or something like that on, on, the, on the taps here, but most of them will go for the lager. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're probably all, you know, brewers and then people like Dave and I are, are tired of thinking about beer some days and we just want. <laughs> cool. Anything you want to add? 
uh, Dave, before we, we wrap up? Um, no, not really. Um, I don't have a hangover anymore because I've had a couple of beers, so thank you. Um, <laughs> Good result. <laughs> no, look, I, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I think it's, um, it's a pretty exciting period for us where um, it, it's, the rebrand has taken up our lives for nine months. Um, it's now, I look forward to, to the next couple of months where it's, we're not talking about it anymore and it's just is what it is and people can see our beers on the shelf and buying lots of them and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride till now. Um, I mentioned before, it's, it's certainly exceeded all my expectations, which is, which is great. But um, or, or, or every one of our team is committed to, to doing what we do, which is, is just amazing. And that's been real tough to find those 17 people over the last few years, but um, every single one of them is amazing. Um, and, I, and I always ask them, I, I just, I want you to be better at me than what I used to do, right? I want you to be better brewers than me. I want you to be better salespeople than me. I want you to be better than that. Um, and each one of them has stepped up to the plate and, and done that. So um, big shout out to, to, to my entire team there. Um, they make it look easy. Uh, and it's not. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I've got to be careful not to take all the credit for all their hard work. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a top group of people and um, all looking forward to a holiday sometimes in, in January. <laughs> yeah. Holidays are a weird concept now. After, I mean, probably more so for us after six months in lockdown. Uh, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I, I want to take a couple of days off work, but do I do? I don't know what that is. Like, you could almost do it and just stay on the clock, couldn't you? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a tough one. I, I, I'm having I, I'm having a week off, um, re relatively burnt out after the last nine months. But um, I'm yeah, probably one of those first holidays in a while where I'll literally turn the phone off for a week. And um, but again, you can only do that when you've got you know a bunch of guys that are doing a stellar job, and I can actually not worry about it, which is great. Look forward to that. Are you going away? Or are you staying at home? I'm going uh, going to Port Stephens. I don't know if you know where this is. Um, just just past Newcastle, a couple of hours away, uh, for a few days with with my family, my grown up family. Um, you had an 18th birthday, not you. Your your yeah, a little bit a uh, little bit over <laughs> that. But um, yeah, my daughter turned 18. Is why I have a hangover. I think because um, we're going to do this a couple of weeks ago. I, I think yeah. what was that? Oh, that was so. That was my so we had because we only had twenty people over. So we had the, the a couple of weeks ago. We had the family celebration uh, last night with her her friends. Um, so we had we had uh, yeah twenty eighteen year olds in the back uh, in the backyard. So what what awful drinks do they make you try? Oh God, they have some disgusting. It's the same <laughs> old shit that when I was young. They were drinking. Um, must have been Bacardi Bruises or some rubbish. Wow. At, least it, at least it wasn't seltzer, I guess. Um, <laughs> every, uh, every single Christmas I get asked, do you want a shot of Fireball? Oh, gross. No, I don't want a shot of Fireball. I no, did have two good. shots of tequila, though. <laughs> that's all right. It still say shit, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd probably caveat on that because I quite like tequila. The tequila that 18-year-olds are drinking is... <laughs> no, it, it's actually... I, I, yeah, when, when I, uh, we went shopping for alcohol with my daughter, and I said, if we're going to get tequila, okay. um, we're going to get a half-decent one. Now, I didn't know what that was. Apparently, she knows a lot more about... It's funny, you know, like... Daughter turns 18, oh, we can finally have some drinks together. And it's like watching her and going, you're really fucking good at this. You've, this is not a new thing for you. <laughs> is she picking up your beer and going, hmm, you use mosaic in this one? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Well, it's more the brands of tequila that she seemed to know yeah. quite well that I was worried about. But it's, uh, yeah, so it wasn't too bad. But uh, I can think of much better things to be drinking than a shot of tequila. Mm, mm, yeah. How are we keeping track of uh, Akasha on the web, Dave? That's a good question. So um, all our socials are Akasha Brew. Um, so Facebook, mainly Facebook and Insta and akashabrewing.com.au, our beautiful new website, all the new branding on it. Great. Um, and we're now, we're now delivering nationally as well. So um, we try not to, to, to do too much of that. It's, uh, yeah, it's obviously our, um, our retailers are very important to us. So um, first and foremost, if you, if you, Retailers got it, buy it from them. Um, if they won't stock it, then you can come to us. Dave, where do people find you on the web? At Mel Dave on Twitter, and that's all. You, Luke, go. Cool. Uh, at Ale of a Time. Aleofatime.com. Uh, I'm hoping to post something. I think I said that last week and I uh, ran out of time. 
the patron oh, happy, beer. sorry the patron beer patron beer i can see it from where i'm sitting now uh, i just need to get the labels finished you've seen the label and Look it looks great looks yeah. pretty excited yeah uh I, I need to have a quick chat to ed from dollar bill uh to just put the finishing touches on and then we'll get it sent out uh fortunately this room that i'm in is freezing and it's been freezing all winter time so they've just been um, while they've been conditioning, dude, just conditioning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did have a taste a couple of weeks ago, and it was gorgeous. So um, it's it's been much longer process than than I anticipated, but the result will be will be really cool for everyone that all the patrons that have been supporting us, and a couple that have dropped off um, recently, but they'll still get the beers as well, just because we've been slack. I don't want them to miss out. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone that joined along in the comments as well. Um, oh, and listen to the Hypothetical Institute. Uh, my conspiracy podcast and your podcast at the last episode was great. Uh, what was it about? Come on. Well, I can't actually remember. I just remember listening back and going, oh, hang on. I've got it on my screen. Um, where are we? Uh, not alien autopsy. We did the alien okay. autopsy recently. It's not refreshing. Whatever it was, it was good. It was a ripper. Dip into the archives. Do it. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple of weeks with another. We'll still be in lockdown then, won't we, Dave? Do we know yet? Yeah, in some form, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll see you around in a couple of weeks. Anyway, bye. 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 Bye.